What's going on, y'all? This is Bud Elliott here of the Knollcast, and I'm coming to you really, guys. This is a second straight week that I have a Winston reaction podcast to do. Not an instant, but a Winston. Let's go ahead and talk about this thing. All right. Uh, so I'm firing this up literally right after the final gun. So, you know, I really have not had a whole lot of time to digest everything, but that's what a Winston is, right? That's what we want to do is we, we want to go ahead and just start talking about this right away. Florida State 35, North Carolina 25. FSU pulls the upset as a three-score underdog. Big-time win for the Knowles here. Um, gets their season um, kind of back on track in some ways, and they showed a little more proof of concept, right? Um as always, thanks to our sponsors, Louisiana Hot Sauce, the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. Congruity. Guys, awesome, awesome work, man. I, I'm I'm thrilled for these guys. They continue to work hard, you know, and they continue to fight and stay in the fight. And the thing was, this is not a fluke win. You can tell me that North Carolina didn't play well, and, and I, look, sure, I agree with that. but. This, this was no fluke. FSU went out there and earned this victory. Last year, they had all these you know, turnover points and special teams points and stuff that's not really repeatable skill. This year, they just went out there and beat North Carolina's butt. They were the more physical team on both sides of the line of scrimmage. They actually played you know, okay in the secondary. Uh, they limited North Carolina's abilities. Uh, or ability rather to take advantage of those linebackers. And man, I'm I am very surprised at how this played out. Now, I did not think Florida State was going to score 35. I obviously did not think they were going to hold North Carolina under 25. So let's go ahead and talk about how they did it, first of all. Uh, and of course, player of the game, I mean, no doubt about it, is one Jordan Travis. Florida State only threw 13 passes in this game. Now, of course, they had more dropbacks than that. Uh, and very few passes you know, down the field. Uh, but when they did throw it down the field, they connected, right? They had a 32-yarder, and they had a 44-yarder. They basically beat North Carolina running the football uh, over and over again, working a little bit of screen game and running Jordan Travis and Jason Corbin and Trishon Ward. And that was, that was basically it. Um, FSU out there, 338 or 300, 383 yards, rather, North Carolina, 432, but obviously yards per play uh, tells a tale, as we know on this podcast. Uh, 7.1 in FSU's favor to 6.4 for North Carolina. I'm going to go here. How about this? We talk about post-game win expectancy. You go out there, you put up those kind of stats, you play that game that same way, 98% for the Knowles. 98% post-game win expectancy. Yo. That is, uh, that's not playing around. That is, that is some serious post-game win expectancy there and some real domination for the Seminoles. So, a uh, couple things I, I want to point out here. First of all, field position, not much different, right? It wasn't like FSU was gifted tremendous field position and then, you know, North Carolina was always stuck in their own end. Not the case, right? Average yards to go on field position. North Carolina had 72, FSU 71. So basically about the same there. Not not, not really a huge difference. Um, but man, 
just the consistency of the run game, I thought, was was the first key I, I, I want to point out here. Uh, Florida State, and this is something I was I was noticing as they were going on um, on the broadcast. So FSU had only 12% of runs that were stuffed for zero or no gain. And I believe that actually inc- that includes the kneel downs. Uh, stopped runs, right? So, you know, runs that were stopped for two or less. Only 27%. Now, you might think that's not great, but guys, this is Florida State, right? They have had a, a much tougher time with that this year. We just got done talking about how bad their run game was on a down-to-down basis. And Brendan Sinone had the great stat of how, like, I don't know, 90% of their rushing yards on the season or whatever it was, was on like five or six carries. And ultimately, that that is a market improvement against the defensive front for North Carolina that has actually been pretty damn good this year. Bohasic and some of those guys inside are good football players. Uh, FSU was, was very, very strong running football today. Uh, 70, I believe it was a 76% rushing success rate. Is that right? I mean, let me look at the math on this to make sure that I'm not telling y'all something that uh, that 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 is not true. Uh, gosh, that is man, that is really, really strong. If if, if that's true, I'm looking here. Uh, wow, that is just incredible. Uh, FSU did a really, really good job of staying ahead of the chains. I thought in this game. Uh, and then when they did get behind the chains, they actually did a really good job with, with Jordan scrambling around, throwing deep a couple times. I, I thought they they actually they they did some interesting stuff with some of their insert stuff on the run game. Um, they broke out some stuff that they had not totally shown before. And I also thought they borrowed some of the stuff that Georgia Tech used against North Carolina at times, which is smart, obviously. Like that means you're doing your scouting and, and your film work. I want to give a lot of credit to the offensive line here, though. This is why, in the preseason, Ingram and I thought the offensive line wasn't going to be good, but was going to be okay, right? Okay offensive line. Because you would have guys like Washington and Scott and Smith and you know Gibbons and DLT and, and Babyon. And it's not perfect, obviously. Uh, you know, Lucas is off the team. DLT went down today again. They put Babyon in his place. Scott still working his way back to 100% health, but you're starting to see it a little bit, right? This I'm sure this is why Alex Atkins was, you know, was positive about his offensive line in this offseason. And then when, when they asked him, hey, have you ever had an injury situation like this? No, not even close. What what you saw in the last couple of games, uh, even including the win against Syracuse, was not really what they thought they would have this year. And when you have a situation in which you have three head coaches in a four-year span, like I've said many times, your roster's kind of nuked, and your depth is certainly screwed up. So when you have to go dip into that bag of depth, it ain't there, and that's that's problematic. So ultimately, um, huge, huge job by them. Uh, okay, so I found their their rushing success rate. I knew it wasn't eighty percent. That that was that was going to be funky. Uh, so fifty one percent rushing success rate. Actually, sixty two percent passing success rate, which is great. Um, they actually kind of like just they stayed ahead of of the chains. Do you know that FSU, I believe, only faced five passing downs in this game? That is pretty wild. Guys, really, really nice job by the Knowles. Man, they just they just pushed them around. They they out leveraged them. 
They pushed him around. I thought they played much better as far as establishing their gaps on the interior. They used Jordan to run around a good bit. Um, receivers, for the most part, caught the ball. All Noel fans out there are going to say, Ontario Wilson, please. Like, did that ball hit the turf? Don't know. But, uh, hey, good thing they don't have those Fox cameras on there. Right? <laughs> I'm not sure it hit the turf anyway, but that was uh, that was an awesome job. Uh, effective use of screens, obviously, through th- the one to, to Cam McDonald there uh, to kind of ice the game when you needed it, or not officially ice, but really to, to put it away. I I don't know that what you ran in this game was super different than what Kenny Dillingham and Norvell have been trying to run recently. I just think you had more. I think you had more commitment to going all in with Jordan, obviously because he felt good in the pregame, and that's that's pretty huge. Uh, but gosh, like. I mean, offensive EPA of 22, that is that is strong as hell here. Uh, 121 on the ground for Jordan, including a 53-yarder. There's your explosive play. FSU was 7 of 10 on third downs. So that that certainly doesn't stink. Uh, you know, they, they did a pretty good job, ultimately, of limiting North Carolina's explosive play opportunities. And I, I thought that was a real key here. Let's see if I can pull this up. So, obviously, UNC known for their for their big plays. Do you know UNC only had one rush of more than 20 yards, and it was a Sam Howell scramble, you know, in the third quarter? On offense, though, through the air, they only had four passes of over 15 yards. They had a 33-yard touchdown, 21-yard touchdown, 21 yards first down, obviously, and then a 28-yarder. But they never hit the 50 or the 60 or the 70 yarder on you. And obviously, the one time, as the broadcast pointed out, they they did hit that that you know that, that dig there that, that would have gone for the touchdown. But the kid dropped it, and it's okay. Occasionally, when they're playing FSU, people can drop a ball. It happens. Much better job by FSU of controlling the explosive plays. They won the explosive play battle. We talked about how that's how they have to win games because they're probably probably not going to be able to grind people. But yet today, you know, FSU only had two, uh, yeah, two passes over 20 and only one rush over 20. They just had a lot of rushes for five, six, five, eight, ten. Jordan Travis scramble around, you know, ma- magician stuff. But still, that counts. They went up there and they out physical North Carolina. They played with purpose. And I'm not saying they didn't play with purpose in other games. I don't think that's true. I just think in other games, they were sort of like, below the hard deck of acceptable talent that they could compete with at certain positions. And today I think you had enough up front to compete. And that was, that was huge. So anyway, really, uh, really impressive there, obviously. Um, Let's see this here. We got, got some of our sponsors texting us, I believe. (laughs) Awesome. Cool. So going to look here at some other stuff and then talk a little bit more uh, defense here. So Florida State success rate, 56% on the day. Um, holding North Carolina to a 33% success rate on passing downs, I thought was pretty big. But the key is that they got them to a good number of passing downs, if that makes sense, right? So North Carolina is a, is a fairly heavy RPO team. We thought FSU 
you know, would, would would play their man coverage or some of their match stuff. And they did. And for the most part, they did an okay job of not getting roasted by some of those glance routes and, and, and some of those slants and whatnot uh, in the RPO game, which is big. Now, in exchange, they did allow a pretty good amount of, of run yards, uh, rushing yards. They allowed, what, 229? 108 of that was to Sam Howell. But DJ Jones and, and Ty Chandler also you know, ripped off a good amount of successful carries. But I think that was a trade-off FSU was willing uh, to take. If you look at how they played it, I mean, they were basically they were staying back, those backers. They wanted to trigger downhill after the give was taken care of. They wanted to let their defensive line uh, win for them up front. And that's something we need to talk about here because FSU's defensive line took advantage of North Carolina, North Carolina offensive line that has had some struggles this year. I thought they were turning the corner. Um, apparently not. They did not turn the corner. They did a great job beating that, that North Carolina offensive line up. Obviously, Robert Cooper, Kier Thomas, JJ. Hell, I saw Malcolm Ray do some good things in this game. And I think by occupying some of those gaps, it allowed the backers to slow play the run a little bit uh, and not have the ball thrown over their heads quite as much, which is clearly what Hal wants to do, right? He wants to, he doesn't want to hand it off. He wants you to come up and throw it over your head on some of this RPO stuff. He's a very good RPO quarterback. Uh, and he's, you know, he's done that since high school. So anyway, uh, I thought that was, that was really, really impressive by them. Uh, FSU, they only had four tackles for loss, but I felt like they had a good number of, you know, tackles for one or two. You see what I'm saying? Like, I felt like they had control of the line of scrimmage for a lot of this football game. And that was, that was pretty big. They, they managed to, you know, get off the field there. And I actually think that FSU was like less sloppy than North Carolina. And, and here's where people will say, oh, you're not giving FSU credit. And no, I, I think they deserve credit for playing a cleaner game start to finish than the Tar Heels. Uh, North Carolina just, did it feel like FSU had more of an edge to them? Like they were a little bit more mentally sharp. North Carolina just came out and, and kind of kind of sleptwalk at times, not at first, but like, just feel like they never had that killer instinct continuing throughout the football game. Um, I mean, just not silly penalties, snap infractions. I, I, it felt like they didn't really have it. Um, they were also, they struggled to play pitch and catch at times. FSU did a pretty good job on the outside. Actually, like they were very focused on downs as they should be. We, we talked about Josh Downs a whole lot in the preview. Uh, but, I mean, check this out. So, DJ Jones, is a running back, was their second leading receiver in terms of in terms of number of catches. Nesbitt had one catch for 28. Kamari Morales had one catch for 21. Emory Simmons, one for seven. Antoine Green, who's a pretty damn good receiver, one for seven. Garrett Walston, one for four. I mean, it was nine catches on 16 targets for Josh Downs for 121 yards. So, yeah, Josh Downs is a stud. All right, we got it. And he got his. But at what cost? I mean, force feeding the ball. North Carolina ran 68 plays. Almost a quarter of those plays targeted Josh Downs. And I'm sure a lot of those, those Sam Howell scrambles probably were intended to go to Josh Downs at least at first. That's kind of concerning if you're if you're UNC. 
my point here is that guys like Jerry and Jones and Jarvis Brownlee and Kevin Knowles and those guys on the outside actually did a really good job, I think, of holding up in their own single coverage. That was encouraging. Obviously, Sam Howell throws a bad ball down there, and Jerry Jones finds it and picks it. That's allowed. It's okay. That's not going to happen all the time. Sure. But uh, for today, it did. It, it absolutely did, and that was that was big time. Um, so that was the formula, right? Don't allow the ball to be thrown over your head from the linebacker spot. Make sure the defensive line wins up front to where you're controlling the run game enough. I'm sure UNC would tell you they were fairly happy with their run game, but maybe not in love with it. Uh, they probably would have wanted to get more out of it based on how Florida State was trying to play it. And then hope, hope like hell that your, your corners can hold up on the outside, especially when North Carolina puts downs in the slot and you're going to have to give him some extra attention. And indeed, those corners, I think for the most part, did hold up on the outside. So, you know, very encouraging there. Um, going to go through here some more, some more stuff. Um, so I can find this. There's something I'm looking for here. All right, yeah, biggest plays of the game as determined by absolute EPA and then most important plays. Of course, I, I use game on paper to figure this stuff out right after the game. But obviously, um, late in the second quarter, to go up 21-10, the 32-yard pass, they were just in rhythm. And that, to me, was like, I don't know if you guys watch boxing or not. Um, I got a friend on Twitter who's a big boxing fan. He kind of turned me on to it. That touchdown pass to Ontario Wilson was like when when a fighter couldn't get to the corner, right? They just the the, the round wasn't going to end quick enough. They just couldn't get there and pop 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 pop, just hit him with the flurry and drop him. Didn't knock him out, but di- but it did drop him big time. That was huge, right? To to not have to settle for a field goal there to actually knock that in before the half was was pretty damn big. Um, so that was that was huge. Another one that really right before that, like the swing and momentum in this game, because there was a time when it looked like, okay, North Carolina is going to come back here, retake the lead. You know, that pick by Jerry Jones that I just mentioned, absolutely huge. Because FSU goes down right after that, and they score the touchdown. And that is probably, what, at least a 10-point swing, maybe a 12-point swing. If you think about kind of the, the average number of points North Carolina would have scored, on that red zone trip, had they not, uh, you know, had they not thrown that pick, um, Jordan Travis's 53 yard run to start scoring, absolutely huge. Who else do we need to praise in this game? Turnover free is certainly the the way to be. Um, so, you know, that's that's huge, right there. I just thought the special teams didn't do anything to lose the game and kickoff return EPA. Much better than it was last game, actually in the positive ranks there, just with some pair catches and uh, you know, just not doing anything absolutely uh, crazy. Middle eight, okay, nothing nothing really there. Looking here for some more stuff. Oh, uh, tackles for loss. North Carolina, two. We talked about, I think, three shows ago. We said, hey, where can this line or where can this team get better? And where does it just kind of have to live with it? And I said, look, the only thing that really I think might matter 
that might actually get better is the offensive line. I actually think I put this on a Knowles 24-7 message board post as well. I said, like, because if you get those guys back and healthy, your quarterback is probably not going to get a whole lot better this year. Although if Jordan gets healthier, that'd be nice. Right. And ultimately, you probably, probably here, you know, won't get better receiver play very much. But obviously, McLean, nice catch there. But if the offensive line gets back and gets healthy, that could really help you out quite a bit. And those guys are slowly getting healthier. They got the bye week coming up. That's that's nice. You get your second win of the season. You should beat UMass. You know, maybe you steal one more. Hell, maybe you steal two more. I, mean, I don't, I'm, don't want to get greedy here, but like, it's possible. This is not a game I thought you're going to win in the preseason at all. But I certainly didn't think you were going to lose to Jacksonville State. I think this team still has that in them, but it's good to see that they also have this in them. And that's a real key, right? It's we're, we're establishing kind of the upper and lower bounds of what this team can do. And look, other teams will play this offense better than North Carolina did. I thought they did out skiing North Carolina in a different way. Like UNC didn't allow nearly as many ex- explosive runs as normal, but FSU did hit a lot of consistently successful runs, which is obviously big. Um, different teams will, will play this offense differently. If Jordan Travis stays healthy, though, and you commit to this, I think this will give you a chance to win a couple more ball games. Do I think you'll get to a bowl game? Probably not. It seems unlikely. But, I mean, before, before today I had this team – let me see here. I mean – before today, I thought this team was probably going to win three games. Now I think it can win four games, maybe if they buy some miracle five games, right? Um, you know, we'll have to see. It, it Getting the offensive line healthier was very big. Jordan being healthy enough to where you could commit to a full Jordan-style game plan, really big. You know, 6.4 yards of play allowed is bad. But some of that was chunky. Some of that was towards the end of the game when you had an 18-point lead, obviously. Uh, and you played very good red zone defense. And even in the preseason, we said this team's going to have to play good red zone defense. Look at the size of your linebackers, right? Lundy and Gaynor and, you know, at the time, Dix. Kind of slowly learned that they probably weren't going to be in there much. And look at, the, you know, look at the size of your corners and look at the size of your defensive line. you got a big group there. This is a team that needs to not allow explosive plays and then try to win it in the red zone, in that compressed area where size matters more. And they did that here. I mean, take a look at uh, at North Carolina's job that they did in the red zone. Um, North Carolina, seven scoring opportunities. FSU only five. However, points per scoring opportunity. And, and scoring opportunity, right, is when you get when you get a first down inside of the opponent 40. So that's what that is, just so you guys know. FSU, 5.6 yards or uh, points per opportunity. This is Bill Connolly's stat, by the way. 3.4 points per opportunity for North Carolina. That's a big difference. That's a huge difference. I mean, like on a a per per trip basis, if you you extrapolate, that's basically the game. FSU was much better after North Carolina crossed midfield on both sides of the ball. That was... That was pretty damn big. Um, anyway, great job by the backs. 
effective enough job by the receivers. I also want to point out, I thought the um, the blocking by the receivers tonight was good. It seemed like they had good buy-in from everybody. Um, I'm excited to see the chess match that, that, that goes on between Dillingham Norvell and, and the next defensive coordinators on the slate. Maybe some teams will play these pullers a little bit differently. Maybe FSU will do a little bit more RPO stuff coming up. We heard the broadcast miss, you know, miss uh, apply the word RPO a couple times, but ultimately, uh, you know, not uh, not a terrible broadcast. I'm I'm sure we'll get a lot of a lot of really good questions out there uh, from this, and we'll be back with our Monday episode. But guys, I mean, this is unless I'm forgetting something here. This is the best Florida State win since when? Tweet that at me at Nolcast. Let me know, this is the best Florida State win since what game? And don't say last year against North Carolina because they actually, I think, had a like a negative or below 50% post-game win expectancy. Like, when's the last time FSU actually went out and convincingly beat a team that we know is at least a good team? Like, North Carolina is not a great team, but they they don't suck. Like, that's a good team. They had a little bit of an off day. They showed an opening, and Florida State said, boom. We're knocking that door down. You showed us the crease. You give us an inch, we're taking a mile. That was their mindset here in this game, and they came out and they did it. So, hey, it's just one game, but got to say, feels great. All right, y'all. Yeah, anyway, tweet tweet, uh, tweet that at me. Let me know. Make sure you're hitting the subscribe button if you're watching us on YouTube. Turn those notifications on. You never know when we might go live. Anyway, I will see you all next time. 3525. This has been the Nolcast Winston Reaction Podcast.